to a review show of the Parador Lodge um, Intermediate Club Championship and I'm delighted to be joined by Dundrum, coach, trainer, dog's body, Mark Fitzsimmons. Mark, thanks very much for jumping on the call. I, I appreciate it. I know how um, busy you are now um, getting ready for your own championship and, and we discussed it in an earlier programme but uh, really appreciate your time here. No worries, John. Good to be on. Big fan of the show. So. Oh, that's great. So you know that... Um, Everything you say now is going to be scrutinised to the to the nth degree, and the abuse you get online and text big, messages big, and big time knowledge is power, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. But how's your own preparations been? Um, you know, leading up to the championship. I know you just had a, a, a COVID case in that um, earlier in the year. Um, you know, it must have affected the the club as a whole. Yeah, you know, we're one of the clubs across the island that were, were affected with um, a positive case and it was new territory for us, you know, dealing with the PKHA and all, but, it, you know, a lot of our senior team had to isolate um, from, from that and I see Gordon Amona today and Anthem had to do the same. Yeah. Um, different clubs obviously get different advice from the PKHA, but it, it did now, those two weeks out of, out of commission really, you know, had an effect on the whole club. But it was great. They were down there tonight and um, our under-13s back in action against the RGU down at um, our pitch. So we're back up and running again, but there's no no way about it. You just had to follow their advice, stick with it, and then go through the guidelines as best you can. No, it's brilliant to see you're back up and running again. Yeah. Um, well, just to, you're probably the right man to talk to. The people are asking me, you know, what happens now if... Uh, club is affected and you know, they, they do have to maybe one of the players has tested positive what's what's the process that happens are there yeah well basically what happens you know if you get a positive case in the club and um, the club has to act on PHA's contact you know, as a public health authority and then they have to deem if you're if the players not are a close or a casual contact and if they're close contact you had to do what we did go into test and then isolation where if you're a casual contact, you can get up and run pretty quickly. I know they've been there. They were up and running within a couple of days again after their positive case. So um, it, it's all about that uh, casual, close sort of contact. Um, and whatever way the PHA deem it, you then have to go with their, their guidelines from that. But fortunately, we were, we, we were deemed close, and that would put us out of action. Mm -hmm. Has the county board been in contact then, you know, for, for procedures to be in place then, um, if it is? If it does happen during championship time, yeah, I'm thinking CCC um, throughout revised guidelines and basically, if there's a positive uh, case within a club, um, testing's required, or whatever. That say, 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 somebody get positively tested on a on a Friday, and they're you know associated with the club. The, the club have seventy two hours to play their game. So they'll say it's a championship game on a Friday. They've seventy two hours to play that. If if possibly if they're deemed like the, the close contact and they can't play in 70 hours, they have to actually forfeit the game. So that's that's in bylaw now and down. So if 72 hours 
from from within that positive case been declared. And if you can't play that game, then you you have to forfeit. Yeah, well, hopefully that's that's not the case. And uh, you know, we wish everyone safe and well. And and we do get to play these these championship games because you know it is it has been brilliant. I'm not gonna lie, like you know, getting back to the league for games and and you know seeing the boys playing again, it, it's been brilliant. Yeah. So we'll jump right into it then, and we'll, we'll start with it. We'll go chronologically with the first one on, on Thursday. Then it's I suppose a derby in many ways. Dramara versus St John's. Um, it's in Ballykinler. Good to see games back at Ballykinler. I always like that pitch. Um, what? How would you see this one playing out? And who's going to be the main man for it? Yeah, Dramara St John's. Who's geographically? It is a, a derby game. Um, we actually played tomorrow. Tomorrow, Division Four relegated last year, so they're playing out of Division Four. We played them there just um before our our lockdown. Tomorrow, probably a young tomorrow would have been usually an older age profile team, but uh, a lot of young, good young players now. One player particularly, um, he would have come up through the down under age setup, and actually he made the Ulster under seventeen elite squad before an injury. Is Brendan McKay. Right. Now, I'm seriously impressed by him the past couple of seasons. He's a he's a wing back, ferocious pace, and he's a very impressive young fella. And he's, he's probably their um, main man as such. Uh, Demar in midfield got Brendan McNeil and Pacho Drake, two big physical lads. McNeil can get a score as well. And two of their forwards now they might be big in physical stature, but the likes of young Luke Savage um, is a tricky tricky player, and he's a good playmaker as well. But one boy particularly stood out for me was Paul Flynn. Now, Paul Flynn lying out the corner forward, and he's an eye for scoring. He's been putting up some scores in Jamara's games to date. Um, but they are a new look Jamara team, um, and Gary Farrell's probably got, got youth there to work with. Yeah. Um, but if there's two divisions separating them and St. John's, and that, that's going to be a big gulf for, for Jamara to close on. St. John's, that, that team, I was looking at their starting 15 of late, and that Busy starting 15 has probably been the starting 15 most of it for the guts of the past six, seven years. So you're kind of thinking if St John's is going to do anything in the intermediate championship, it's going to be it's going to be either this year or you know they might have many years left with this particular team. But um, looking at them, they've got Andrew Gilmore there now, and you would have been looking through the Irish news now over the past few years. The scores he was putting up for some Coleman's engineering next corner and over and ran a fast. And that's, that's a serious player for them in there now. And he's up there along with Lexi Marty Keenan, who's another score getter as such. But I would, I would just think St. John's will have too, too much physicality. You know, they'll, they'll have too much nice about them. Their experience playing in that championship. And again, with, I generally think with their age profile, they will be looking. It's, it's going to be now or never, mm-hmm. you know, with that team. But I think a big bonus to John Clark staying on. Yeah. It's going to help them hugely, you know. But John's playing around the 45, but you know, uh, maybe a, a, a fact that might derail him is Conor Morgan suffered a, an injury recently. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, talking to people, he's a very influential player from defence to attack for them. Yeah. Conor Morgan, as well, is brilliant from set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, real good free kick taker. And he's, remember, he used to play around centre half forward and pulling the strings. And he also had a scoring ability, but He'll be a big miss. Um, get the legs there. Chris McKay, maybe not starting a few games. Maybe Chris McKay brought in from the start now. Brother Danny in around midfield. And defensively as well, you know, they'll not give much away against that Damara attack. I think Damara maybe limited in a couple of options in their attack. So 
you'd imagine this is John's defence, the likes of Harry McMullen, Clan the three there, young Mark Grant. Um, I don't think tomorrow will get much change out of St John's defence. Mm-hmm. It definitely the two division golf will will probably be the difference there. And in Division Four, Mark, is there you know St John's are, are known for being well organised, well drilled, and, and playing a counter attacking style. Mm-hmm. In Division Four, will Jamar have come up against that you know style? Uh, you know to have maybe get a a feel for what they're coming up against. Not not really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Games in, in, in Division 4, generally, a team might play a sweeper, but they're generally a more open game. Right. Um, rarely at junior level will you see a real strong, organised defensive unit. St. Paul's actually did it last year. Now, they, they had a very good template last year, but generally not. It's more, it's more open in Division 4, mm-hmm. um, bar maybe the odd sweeper here and there. But Dermara, you know, if they do come up against an organised St. John's rear guard, I feel it will be very difficult for them to break down because probably not used to it, you know, yeah. down at that junior level, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction then, uh, Mark, and a, and a man of the match. Who you can see a potential match winner here? I think, I think St. John's will, will, will take this. Dramara might be able to be competitive for patches, but if young Gil, Andrew Gilmore's in form, uh, I think he could have a field day. He, he'd be the potential match winner, I would think. Brilliant, brilliant work. Um, so there you are, folks. St. John's being tipped there at the first one. Um, then we head across to Newcastle then, and the Shellmarks are up against Laddie Call. And I've seen today in the newspaper that uh, I think it was the New York Democrat, it's the draw Marty Roffrey didn't want because you know, of Laddie Call's unpredictability, probably. You know, on their day, they can cause problems, especially you know, the, the older players. There's some boys there who have many miles on the, on the clock, but yeah. you know, they're still got that quality. Yeah, there is an, a scene there in their last league game. Big Paul Trainer still playing at midfield, mm-hmm. um, along with Jamie Donnan. But I tell you, a player, when we would have played Ali Call over the years, and I know he's been beset by envy problems, but Martin Trainer was as good a player yeah. at intermediate level on his day. and. You know, I know the past few years with the injuries and that maybe set him back a bit, but those those trainer boys, you know, they're a big cog in Ali Call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking there too, Ali Call, you know, still Jamie Donnan around the middle, as I say, with Paul Trainer. Da- Daniel Sloan up forward as Supreme Pal. And in there, Christopher Morgan's still knocking about there. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows where the posts are. Ali Call are unpredictable, but looking at Shamrocks, what they've done these first three games, and then Going back to last season, last season they were basically a kick of the ball from winning that intermediate. Yeah. Um, the way they've been playing, they they are they are an upward trajectory here, and I would I would think that they could do something in the championship going down the line. But mm-hmm. they're probably playing at a level above what I call at the moment, judging on on recent results. But there isn't an unpredictability with what I call, but I think it'll be a step too far against the Shamrocks team. The the, the Shamrocks of of the two golfs back, I think they were in Australia. Um, you know, them boys played at, at a high standard growing up. And yeah. how hard do you think it's going to be them to integrate into the team, or is it just going to be seamless for for, for them boys? And I will suppose it, it could be difficult in the sense that you know that Shamrocks team that got to the final last year is obviously boys been staking their staking their claim in that. And again, the big numbers there the past couple of seasons Shamrocks so. I suppose it's a managerial decision. You know, these golfs, you you bring them straight back in, not been part of the whole plan last year. So I think that's down to management. But difficult enough, 
maybe coming in, get yourself back up to speed. I mean, after laying out in the beach somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere, it could be. Yeah. But the Shamrocks, looking at their team there, like, I remember it was a 2014, Gary Miners were in an Ulster Championship game. I think four of the back six were Shamrocks players. So right. them boys now, like Mark Hart, Nile Raffley, and all, they're all in that senior team now. John McIntyre, the father figure such in that team leading the line. Cahill Gorman's a deadly forward. Kevin Haggerty, those sort of boys are all now starting to gel. And confidence they've got last year from getting that final, pushing Glenn so close. They're, they're, they look to be in a good place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Gavin and Marty are, you know, and maybe another, that year, I think it's their second year in, would that be right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so they've got that experience of hitting, you know, championship. They know how to, how to maybe get a team ready for championship. But well, the injury to Jordan Murphy derailed him. He was playing at 11. And I think he got a bad injury there at the last game. Yeah, I've seen his name mentioned. Uh, I don't think it'll have a massive impact. I know he's a, a, one of probably their top players. I don't think it'll have a massive impact. And such They do have serious length and depth there. And I think with with that squad to have, he, he will be able, somebody will be able to reject back in position. Mm-hmm. Yes, it'll have an effect, obviously, but not a huge effect. Not enough for Ali Cole to be able to turn the tide. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get to the final last year, the intermediate? I did indeed, yes. Yeah. yes. But did you, what style is, is Shamrock's going for? More? And do you think that it was just a, a one step too far for them last year? Yeah. So I suppose uh, I suppose everybody's their different views, but I, I thought it was kind of like a, a, a Kilku prototype as such. Mm-hmm. A lot of off the shoulder, you know, fit, close close fist passing off the shoulder, everything done 100 mile an hour pace, lots of good, strong carrying forward from the back. There was that aspect to that you see, you know, Kilku have obviously perfected it, but I could see the, the kind of embryo with that there, that, and it, as well, they've got the players that can do it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the talent there and the, the youth and the pace that can do that but that's what I thought a, lot, a good building from deep and a pace of serious pace in that team as well but I that experience they got last year in the final that, that's, that's going to be invaluable going forward here in this championship and is the fact that there's no league either you know maybe they were fighting two fronts as well it could have been this year you know with a realistic chance of intermediate success and you know they obviously want to be playing division one football yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that's it. The focus, though, they've got the championship. There, three or four good games under their their belt. There, albeit Division Three, but it means now they can look forward now and plan out and get over get over Ali Call in a few weeks there. But they're a team that'll just keep building and building momentum. And because of so much strength and depth, and talent there, they won't be far away. I doubt. You know. Right. Well, the match and call the the, the victory. I'm going, to, I'm going to go Shamrocks, and, and if they click, I, they could really open Ali Call up. In terms of man in the match, N- Niall Rafferty, there, there's a player there. That's a box-to-box player who's supremely talented, and I would be looking at him, keep an eye out for him, and, yeah. I, and even down the line, he's potentially even county material there. Yeah, yeah. No, first name that um, I've heard, so uh, we'll be looking out for Niall. Um, that's Thursday night, Friday night then. We have one fixture and it's in uh, it's in Leitrim and it's Anaclone against Bright. Bright making a step up from, from winning the junior last year. Uh, a tough test against an old season veteran team in, in Anaclone. Um, yeah. You know, Bright, 
how how are they going to you know once make the step up? Yeah, well, I have to say I, th- I think a lot of neutrals were delighted last year they won that junior. Yeah. You know, they had lost five or six junior finals, and to finally finally win one um, w- w- was great for them. But they've been building an underage level the past few years with a couple of good under 14 and 16 teams, mm-hmm. and that's filtered in now their senior team. Looking at them now, they're going up against Anna Clone, and Anna Clone are their seasoned senior championship team recently intermediate, still bags of experience, bit of youth injected now. Bright, there's probably going to be a golfer in class because Bright have, have played junior championship the best part of the past 15 years. Yeah. So they're up there. Personally, I think Bright, if they had been a proper league this year, Bright's ambition this year would have been get out of Division 4. Right. That would have been the, on top of their agenda, but obviously that was taken out of their hands yes. with COVID. But definitely think that this could be a, a step too far for, for Bright this game. Just not been used to a seasoned team like Anna Clone. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the main players for Bright? Uh, we, I was actually at the, the junior um, final last year, and you know a couple of players. I think it's uh, George. Um, yeah, it was very impressive. Yeah, that's that's Gareth George. Uh, Gareth George actually is former Alfred Minor. He was back 2013. He's actually a Donovan Rossa boy originally, right. and. Anthem were up against Monaghan, they lost their minor champs for that year, and he scored a couple of goals against Monaghan. Now Monaghan ended up beating Anthem, but like, he's played at inter county minor level, and around that time, Rossa were in the palm of your under 16, won a couple of games. Yep. They got the latter stages, and he was their main man. So, you know, you've got a player of that caliber knocking about for Bright, and especially when you're at junior level, he makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. But Gareth George is definitely, you know, I'm sure I don't know man pinpointed him yeah. and Mom Martin, but. He's serious pedigree, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, young old McAvoy transferred back to Bright, which is his home club from yeah. RGU. Um, sturdy enough boy. Young Sam Dino, who I probably thought should have got Marlon Match in the junior yeah. final last year. He's operating in midfield with Declan Trainer. So, the, 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 probably a strong spine there, Bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just just maybe a wee bit of experience on the flanks and a couple of new, like, like young Cam Lurgeon would have been the down development squads as his first year senior. Yes. Great talent, but just maybe a bit of an experience to break in terms of when they come up against the, the likes of an Anacrone. The Anacrone then, Mark, they, they seem to be getting the older players um, back up to speed, and but they still seem to be in that transition mode with trying to get the younger fellas. Now, we played them a couple of weeks ago. There's a number of fellas I didn't know. Um, yeah. Obviously, this new generation coming through. Have you any idea who's, who's the ones to keep an eye on there? Yeah, the all started there a couple of weeks ago. So three young fellas in. So it's good to see Anna Clone because they had that, that perception over the years of being a, a, a team with a, an older age profile. But it's good to see that in and, a, and see John Hoppy's made young green and captain. So there is that sort of emphasis now in youth building in that team. But you're, you're still your you're still the two McCarl. Like guy McCarl pound for pound is one of the strongest midfielders mm-hmm. at intermediate level. Randy McCarl is still county standard. You know he's, yeah. he's going to hold that defence guy. And Kevin Anderson is playing as good as ever. So you still that experience mixed with that youth. Well, it's enough to take them the whole way this year. Is debatable. But John, one thing I know John well from a uni days, and John Hoggy, you know, bleeds on a clone, and I'm sure he will have this this on a clone team so well prepared going into this championship. 
he knows what it is to get the championship finals. He knows what it takes to win championships. So I'd imagine they'd be very, very well prepared for this championship. So you can only see one winner then and, and maybe a, a rude awakening for, for Bright? Yeah, uh, the, yeah. There's, there's too much of a golf there. Um, Bright, I, th- I think their priorities would lay in getting out of Division mm-hmm. 4 this year. Um, Anna Clone will, will have too much about them. Who's going to be the match winner then, Mark, for Anna Clone? I would say if Anna Clone can get a foothold in midfield, Gary McCardle can make the difference there in priming possession and, and setting the platform for the boards. Brilliant. Brilliant. So that's Friday night. Next one up is the, the Saturday encounter in, in Hilltown. And probably the, the tie of the round. I definitely couldn't uh, wait to see it, obviously. I get to see it now with uh, the restrictions. But Leitrim against Savile, um, two teams that were playing Division um, Two football last year. And of course, the, the first names out of the hat for, for the intermediate. Um, Leitrim, first of yeah. all, Mark. How do you think? Yeah, I would think I would think their clubs probably took getting relegated to Division Three. That's probably hit the pride of a lot of Leitrim people. Mm-hmm. Leitrim, when I was growing up, were always that senior championship team. Got themselves up to Division One. They find themselves now in Division Three, and I'd say the whole clubs probably took a, a hit. You know, that's that's probably had an impact on them. Again. If if that league season had went proper, they definitely would have been looking to get back into two. Savile similarly, like it must be it must be near twenty five years since Savile were in the third tier, late nineties anyway, and Leitrim similar, at least twenty years since they've been yeah. down there. So these are two clubs unaccustomed to the third tier, uh, and if Savile would have played, would have took a hell of a hit too. Um, but definitely, a lot of people are touting Leitrim. Mm-hmm. Um, from the outset here, Paddy Hardy's in the now, and I actually know Paddy well. Paddy managed on drum for three years, and from 2013 to 2015. Right. And one thing known about Paddy, Paddy likes a really, really expansive style of play and fitness. You know, fitness, he loved his team's been fit and playing a really forward-thinking way, and let them actually have the players to play that way. Yeah. You know, there's some of those young second hands. You think of the, the, the McCrickers, the trail McCrickers, you know, you've Liam Middleton there in midfield, school athletic midfielder, young PJ Davison. So the way Paddy likes to play is let them have the players to play that system. Yeah. yeah. And Savile, looking at their team from this year to last year, there's there's boys boys have gone from that side from last year. Boys maybe right. that were their own side of thirty as such. Mm-hmm. And Pat Haven hasn't had much action at all in this uh, league program. So. They've been relying on the races, Dean and Keelan, to get the scores. And Philip Bedain, their full forward, has been their target man. But now Devner, for years, played wing half forward, corner forward. He's now sitting centre half back for them. So there might be, it looks like maybe the Saddle are trying to plug holes here. Right. And the miss, like, now Bedain hasn't been about now in a couple of years. And yeah. that miss is huge for them. Yeah. Yeah. With um, Saddle, then, the change of the guard, maybe for, for Saddle, you know. Um, is Danny Hughes still playing? Is he? Is he? Is he been about this year? Is um, Keenan Rice then? You know, coming back, being being a major boost for him as well. Yeah, funny. Um, looking there, just that their Savile played Oculus of Ben the other week. Now Danny Hughes' name uh, wasn't mentioned on the panel, but you know, if you, if you want to spring a surprise in the championship, <laughs> Danny Hughes returned the action with Quirley. You know. 
pretty pretty put the shivers up sometimes, but I don't know, I can't see it. You know, Dan, Danny refers to his in his RIG's article about retirement and all that, but it would be a it'd be a wild card if he did come back well, and I would think it'd be some crack if uh, Liam Doyle was laying out for Leitrim and Danny Hughes and the two of them were marking each other, wouldn't it? <laughs> Did you what stranger things have happened? You know, you don't see Liam Doyle back then from one last last half, yeah, but yeah. I can't see it, but here, who knows? Who yeah, knows? Um, with with Savile then, um, they've got nothing to lose then for for coming into the later then. If you say if there if there is a change in you know maybe then they can play with a wee bit more freedom, or is, do you think Leitrim's just going to be that that wee bit too much stronger now, especially with the results Leitrim are getting? I yeah, I wouldn't totally discount Savile now. They've still right. they've still plenty about them. I think. Um, I, I, I wouldn't put them out of the picture just yet. I, I believe that'll actually be a tight up game. I, I would imagine Savile will really up it there. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be a tight contest, but just just the scores later have been putting up would yeah. make you think that they've a real potent attack. And I would fancy them to edge the game, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out Savile nor I wouldn't rule out Savile in the back door yeah. if they lose him down the line. There's still plenty about you know. They were in that second tier. It wasn't so long ago they were Division One team, so there's still, yeah. still a lot of craft there. So I wouldn't totally discount Savile. No, they've definitely got the talent. Savile, you know, even even underage, I think it was. I'm trying to think. I think it was six years ago. Um, the minor team we had them came up against Savile, just coming up against them in in um South Down finals and that there, and you know they were very very talented then. Um. And Leitrim, as you say, the amount of under twenty ones minors players now they're coming through. Um, you know, everyone rhymes off the McCrickets and that there. And you know, it's about clicking and Pierce Oak back as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, young Mark Owens there's been getting on the score score sheet, another young player in there as well. Robbie O'Hare still there. So they do the the plenty of options there and injuries were obviously a big part of their issue last year, but with less of those injuries in place this year, they're 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 well placed. Is hurling a factor this time, Mark, or is it starting up uh, later this year? Because that could be a, a major boost for them as well. Yeah, hurling. I suppose later been a dual club. They do have that crossover, but it, se- it seems to be in recent times there's just not as many footballers playing the hurling in Leitrim, and it just doesn't seem to be as high a percentage. It's just boys that were doing that, and that's probably going to help the football cause more. But used to be, you might have seen nearly two thirds of a hurling team were football boys, but the numbers just don't seem to be as high as that anymore. But definitely, you know, even at, even at club level now, juggling both them yes, and well, it's, even for a higher level, something has to give, especially now with the modern demands. But yeah. I think it's great that players that can keep both going, but. It, if you're really serious about what you're doing, you do nearly have to commit to one or the other. Mm-hmm. Slot need boys would, would um, differ, but... Yeah, look, here, <laughs> there, there's exception, there's exception to the rule. But yes, I can see your point there, but look, if you look across the board, there's there's, there's no, not I... many at the top, top level, at, you know, two dual clubs doing what they're doing. You know, no, it's phenomenal like, what they're doing. No, I... And when you ask them with the slot needle or like a run like a professional club, you have to sort of play like an athlete, eat like an athlete, sleep like an athlete. You know, it's it is it must be yeah. taxing on the on the body, so shocking. Like um result and man of the match then, Mark. Result I believe Leitham will take this. Um and if you're looking probably Rory McCrickard. 
he's one of those players that when you watch, he always has an impact on the game. Any game you watch, Rui McCricker playing, he has an impact. Mm-hmm. So he's on his game. He'll be involved in a lot of the play. I would, I would stick, stick him out as the man to watch. No, he's definitely, definitely a big future as well in down football. I would say Rui as well. Mm-hmm. Rolls Royce of a player. Um, that's brilliant. Okay, we're going across then to Newcastle, <clears throat> and it is Enrique versus the Connacht. Again, there's a, there's a, a change in um, divisions. Enrique. Um, Division Two and the Connacht in Division Three. And Rick highly, highly fancied as well as Leitrim for for the intermediate mark. And, and do you think there's substance to that? Yeah, I I, I would have Enrique as my favourites. I, I would. Um, look, looking at the side they've been able to put out in these first few league games. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that thing. It's it's the talent mixed with the strength and depth, and. Look there, even from the back, you've, you've, you've Connor Doyle there at the back, you've Paul Allen as a linchpin in the midfield. James Colgan, I suppose in the autumn of his career now, but playing great stuff around the middle with James Cunningham. But it, it's an Enrique's forward line, and especially at the intermediate level, what they have in that forward line. You know, I've seen Ronan Campbell has just mm-hmm. come on the scene now and from free taking. He scored 1 8 the other way, 8 frees, but. Kevin Campbell is a similar, he's got a few chances in there. Again, serious scoring part. Throw in the likes of, you know, Rory Cunningham, who's, who's deadly, always gets you a goal. Yeah. You know, Connor Clark's in the mix now. Like, when you look at their 15, serious strength across from 1 to 15. You're scaring me now. You've left. You've even left out Declan Doyle and Rona McElhinden. Two down to the mix, you know. So, <laughs> and they've only what six six starting board bursts, so there's going to be serious competition there. Plus, Bernie Rians there. Bernie, you look at Bernie's record. One point, you know, the likes of the minors, the 21s, one point seniors. Declan Mosson has been around at intercounty level, so they're the two men guiding that ship. Looks to me that they mean business. They really yeah. do. I know there's been a lot of talk about them, but. I generally do. That, that final defeat in 2016, the Breda, will have knocked them, but they'd be wanting to get back. That's not so long ago, and a few of the boys still would have been involved. And I generally do believe they have, they have so much talent there that they, they will go real close here. Yeah. Um, to Connacht, then, their underage seems to be doing very well, Mark. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know it's a few years away yet for senior football, but... You know, how do you how do you see the the senior team progressing then and how how are they gonna set up? Yeah, I suppose in context if you look at the Connacht, they've a brilliant pitch there now, they've a big massive new clubhouse facility. Right. If you look at their underage, their past four or five years, under twelve, under fourteen level, the Connacht and Canada level now, mm-hmm. at least down. Yeah. They they're they're a club I would look out for down the line. Now at the moment it's maybe just a wee bit early for that filtering into the senior team as yet. Um, the senior team done well to stay in three last year, but the, 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 in terms of top end intermediate, the, they're miles off that at the moment. But down the line, I think you're going to see the Connacht as one of the emerging sides and down, I really do, yeah. uh, if it's handled right. But I don't think they're going to have a wish here against uh, the Kingdom. But they're still, still again, they're a team with a decent spine. You know, you've Andy McCartner, who's, Kind of playing around six midfield, you Tony Davis, who's you know, a good combatant player, and up front, he's one of the best forwards in Division Three. I I think um, is Paddy Grant. Now Paddy Grant is good from play. He's good from set pieces, and you'll see he'll chip in. He'll be their main scoring threat. 
-hmm. The only problem is Kieran Carroll, who's been a big mainstay of their team the past couple of years, he's he's a lot of injury problems at the moment, as does the former captain David Kelly. Yeah. So if they're going into playing rake without them or into any championship campaign without them for a, a long stretch, it, it's going to make it very, very difficult for the panel. No, and, you know, and I know you're saying here the result then on Rick, um, and I suppose the man of the match then is it going to be the defender, midfielder, or the forwards? I think there'll be scores of plenty in this, particularly for Rick, and I will keep an eye on Rowan Campbell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he seems to be a deadly free taker, so um, keep an eye on him. Yeah. All right, the Sunday match, um is Ronan McCartan's Saul against uh, Paul Duffin's Bally Martin. Um, the match Ronan didn't want. Um, I think he started crying whenever he was telling me that Saul are playing Bally Martin. But uh, we're in Mayo Bridge at, um, on the Sunday. Um, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah, this is intriguing on so many levels, you know. Uh, I suppose <laughs> with Saul Maz or Ronan, then a Bally Martin diehard and no doubt he will find it hard, difficult man's against his home club because it was not so long ago he was involved with him. But look, he's in a soul manager, you put all that aside, you're there for Saul's interest, so I think he'd be able to deal with that all right. But Bally Martin, if they had their full panel available, you know, they're, go they're going to be a much stronger off. And they're just, they're missing boys like Cahill Doyle, Ryan O'Hare, Ross Coynham really, really integral players to their team and as well, Paul and Kevin Duffin and they've only had a couple of games of these boys they, they don't know them, they're only in this year and they probably don't know them as much as they would like to know them whereas Ronan has this, well, bar the gap, there, there is this third year with Saul and he knows him so well and can really see Saul and I have really developed a, a real distinct philosophy of play as such and Saul I believe in this game Without, without trying to put the pressure on you, but uh, <laughs> the I, broke him <laughs> yeah, I think Saul are coming of age. I really do. And, you know, Dundrum over the years, 10 years, whatever, we used to have a good rivalry with Saul and all. And we've been nasty enough out of rivalry, but now they, they've just shut up. And it's down to like their underage system in the past 10 years has, has brought them to where they are now. And a lot of credit, the likes of Eddie Horney, who's still involved. Just Saul really did get their underage sorted, and that's why they're in the position they are now. Staying up last year, that beating Saul was huge because finally said, "Look, Saul, now we are Division Two team." But you look through that Saul team from from Jack Hazard and goals, Callum Sams fullback, Pierce Lowry playing every bit of grass. You've Cahill Arnold in their midfield, Rory Mull. Now I, I prefer to see Cahill Arnold closer to goal, but still, depending on you put Rio her in there now. You've the Harney trio. <laughs> There's so much talent through that team. They're playing to a system. They're supremely physically fit. I just think in stage of development, Bally Martin just aren't there simply because of the new management in. They are missing these players and maybe, again, the age profile as well. But Bally Martin still, that, that's a proud club, Bally Martin. You've still no, no care there. Peter Fitzpatrick can still change games. Paul Quinn up front with a real lively forward. They have the ability to keep this a real contest for at least three quarters of the game. I just think Saul will pull away at some stage in the second half, last quarter. Yeah. And man the match then, Mark? I suppose a toss-up. If, if Rui O'Hare is on form, he can really steal the show with a scorn, but it, it's Pierce Lavery with that county, county standard 
play that'll mm-hmm. he'll be the boy that I think will he's on motoring and up and down that field and Lincoln play. You you'll really see why he is a county player. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hope you're right. Um <laughs> you had a job next week. <laughs> no, the, the the boys have done tremendous um work underage. Um Philly Kinsella and like you know, Eddie Horney doesn't need any introduction to what he's doing for soft football. So mm. um I suppose the other match on the Sunday then two teams that have aspirations for winning the, the intermediate as well, Mark is um Drumgath against Hanabana. Uh, we talked about um you know fast forwards and that and Drumgath definitely have that. Yep. I've experienced playing against them a couple of years ago and back about two years ago, they look to be probably on average one of the youngest teams in the county for mm-hmm. age profile and they're full of pace, full of running. The two boys up top, the two Shays, McConville and Burton. Reggie Hill in there, Ryan McCusker coming off him. If they call him again in midfield, what a, what a, what a midfield player. So the, the youth on their side, they're jagging. Is he one of them to himself as, as a player in 2006? So again, another man that knows what it takes to win an intermediate championship. So from Gaff again, if they get themselves up the higher level in the league, probably be a priority for them too, but they're worth a watch in this championship. And the way they're set up then, Mark, what, what style of play have they have they got then? With, uh, as you said, the two boys up top probably give any defence uh, nightmares. Yeah, they're, they're constant movement. They're just, they've got that, that um, bit of intuitiveness and craft. They're constantly moving, making diagonal runs, dummy runs. Mm-hmm. They're full of energy. They're fit. They've got that craft that the man they really do have that, and they can get a score, and they know who the goals are too. Um, and with Jaggy as well, Jaggy, the way he played, he played with Steve and a bit of aggression, and you can see that in their defence. And if Mark, Mark Connolly, who is a veteran of that team, passed near two decades, he's still knocking about with that experience there with Mark Connolly as well, the gel all that together. I wouldn't be writing them off at all in this championship. And Clan Abano then, um, managerial change there from, from last year. Um, do you know how Banbridge down there, obviously, they're hard to beat in that. They're going to Bally Hole now. How do you think then they're going to combat this, this from Gaff team? Yeah, Clan Abano probably a flower to the sea than the intermediate championship in recent times because you look at them on. You're thinking you know, they, they could be a bet here, but they haven't really come alive in the championship. Mm-hmm. They went close, maybe. I remember they got to the semi final 2011, and maybe thought that was going to be the year, but they really have flattered to see. College Park going there to play in the league is a as tough a place as it is to go on down. It's a real anybody that's experienced going to College Park in Bombridge knows how hard it is, and that's why Bombridge is such a good home record. But going to Ballyhole now gets some gap. Defensively, Farmbridge are going to have to be on, on their game against these from the off forwards. They can compete at midfield, no bother. Looking at Farmbridge's forward line now, it's got a bit of potency. Kieran McGuire line in their full forward. One of those perfect free takers. He, he actually played against from Drum in the 2012 junior final for Hadar. So he's on the edge of the square there. You have the Lanahans, Connor and Sean, the pace, direct players, nice scullion in there. So they've got the forwards. 
it's whether their defence can hold from gap. That's the big, that's what the question mark is. And Liam Dalvin's going to be a big player in, in, in midfield for Clannabana. You know, you're intrigued to see how he matches up then against the, the Jungath. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering in regards to the likes of Michael McCallison and Golds, Maggie McGee, who was on the county panel a few years back, and Liam Dalvin, who was too. Now, I've seen there in a recent game, and they were playing against the Fenn, and none of those three boys featured. Hmm. So, if Liam Devlin obviously is a feature, that's a huge, huge, like, you know, I'd love to see the battle between him and, and Callum again. And again, if they had Maggie McGee available and Michael McCarthy, just add so much to that team. Yeah. If Ronan McLean in there picking them, he's experienced managing teams right around in Armagh. So he's probably given them a wee bit of something different this year. Mm-hmm. Also, see the big numbers there, they're working with a big panel. Again, They've threatened for years, not intermediate championship, but they've just never been able to really get get to the final stage. But again, two teams that you just you just need to be worried of. Any any team would need to be worried of from yeah. the on the bottom. So result and pair to watch them. Yeah. I think from Gath, if on their day they're playing the potential to take it. In terms of pair to watch. Colin McComish, actually, for them, yeah, that's a classy, classy player. And when he's on fire, he's a form player. And when he's really on form, he can create and he can score. So if, if he is on his game, I would tip from Gaff and, and for him to shine, Colin McComish. Well, great stuff. We've got the Bosco against Tullish. Now, um, Tullish. Didn't have the best of years last year, and it must have really hurt them this year. Ronan McMahon's in with them now. Um, how Bosco, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure um, how Bosco was set up, so it'll be intriguing to hear your thoughts here, Mark. Yeah, looking at it, this is probably one of the most difficult ties to, uh, to predict mm-hmm. in this round. Probably this coming down, probably this is probably the biggest yo yo team between Division 2 and 3. In down over the past decade or so, they're familiar turning now in, in Division 3 and the, the good manager in Ronan McMahon. Then I see there John McAreevy still lining out full forward. You've still got Joe McDermott in, in there. Tully Lish, they'll be looking to own a Nye Donnelly. Like, you know, Nye Donnelly playing at six recently for them. Okay. I think there's a lot of looking at their team, there's a lot of new youth in the Polylist setup now. A lot of the more experienced players have moved on, but coming in, them and Bosco, I think, could be a tight game. Bosco are physical. We actually played them in a pre season uh, friendly game this year. They're a physical side, but I don't like using the term, but I suppose the best strategy that they're in Yuri side. And you talk about Ali Cobb and unpredictable. Bosco are one of the most unpredictable teams I know. And it, it depends what Bosco shows up. They still have Conal Gallagher. Now, Conal Gallagher was last year, the year before, was nothing about the county panel yeah. for a while. Um, Austin Carnegie's a handy player. Then you're still looking at big Brian Dillon. Physical boy can really mix it around the middle, along with big Declan Byrne. And then as well, Mark McTeer. Those were the posts are as well. So they maybe don't have as many household names, Bosco's maybe they used to have, but their unpredictability makes them dangerous. Yeah. And that's a real hard one to call, Bosco. Tully this again, depending on what Bosco team turns up. I'm going to push you on the, on the result because, yeah, the 
who is going to be the match winner then for and how is he going to do it, Mark? As you said, it's too it's very close to call. Um, what way is it, are the, uh, to get an advantage over? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to call here. I, th- I think Bosco will maybe save their best for championship, and uh, Pierce Cahardy is a, a loud man. Will maybe angling towards that. He's in charge of them. I, I'm going to go Bosco to nick this and. Carl Gallagher's playing there, and he's that wee bit of county experience, and he's been a good nick of relief. I would, I would, he'd be the man if they're going to win that game. He'd be, he'd be the vital cog there. Brilliant, brilliant. That's that's all the game's called then. Mark, um, the good news is that you're the new intermediate um, expert on on loaded balls, so you're coming on again <laughs> after um, we get the next draw as well. But um, you know, whenever we I was asking people about. Um, to who I'm going to ask, it's it's a difficult one because people don't want to come on and that. But you're now just second to none, and you know thanks a million for for your insight. And as I say, if you can get as much information about the game about the games because you're coming on for the next one as well. Um, <laughs> but I'll be interested. What do you think of the standard of the intermediate? And I know you've said and Rector are are you know your your favourites there. You named eighteen players for them. Um, how how you, the standard, what do, what do you reckon? I think the fact that in recent times, one point and Restraver got the Ulster Intermediate Finals mm. would suggest that Intermediate Football and Down is up there in Ulster among the top three or four. Now, Junior's not, because the Ulster record would prove that. But look at now, I think across the board, Down football is improving. Yeah. Like, I've obviously done them with junior the past few years now, and I can even see junior improving. Even strength and condition among junior players, organisation of teams, and at intermediate level, you know, that's it's improved. It's just improving across the board. It's a strong intermediate in the sense that if those couple of Division Two teams, you know, your St John's, who's gone close in previous years, and react to, you know, more accustomed usually to senior football, up and coming Saul. Plus, you've strong division three teams in your Leitrims and your Shavels. So it's, and many people may say, right, and Rake's your, your standout team, but there'll be a couple other teams that will be confident in having a say, especially your Leitrims, Saul, and St. John's. You know, they're, they're the four I'd be, I'd be looking at there. No, that, is, that is first class. Um, I hope uh, preparation's going well. Um, what day are you out? I can't remember now off the top of my head. Yeah, Dundrum, we've, we've uh, East Belfast on Sunday at four o'clock and break. Well, that's brilliant. So the story continues. Just on um, the, the story of East Belfast, Mark, I suppose it's, it's, it's taken down football by, by storm, really, and maybe national um, news as well. You know, Belfast now seems to be a real uh, hotbed of, of talent for, for down football, and like, long may it continue. Yeah, funny, I, I lived down there for four years in Norma Road and um, my, my local watering hole was the Pardor, so that's where all the breeder boys drank. So uh, <laughs> I got friendly with a lot of breeder boys and see see the buzz around clubs like Breda and Carried Off now. Like Breda and Carried Off, two of the biggest clubs in Ulster now, membership-wise, and there's serious buzz. If you're walking down the Norma Road in the evenings and there's young boys walking around with the hurls and their Breda tops, young Camogues heading over to Cherrydale, just Clubs like that are buzzing because of such big numbers and support now. Great to see East Belfast going. Um, East Belfast is 
is an area, an urban area that needs that needs GAA. And I think I mentioned too in St Paul's. I, I generally think St Paul's are, uh, for want of a better term, a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. St Paul's have that whole demographic there in North Down, from Utnard, Bangor, way out as far as Donaghadee. And if they can get structures right, St Paul's could be up there very soon with breathing carried off. But on a wider context, I think down really do need to look at their urban areas. You're down Patrick's Palm Bridges, Newry's, Greater Belfast area, because if we are really strong in all those four or five urban areas, Newcastle even thrown into the mix too, it's only better put the betterment of the down football. But definitely it's great to see East Belfast up and going and long may they continue and strive. Well not just for the next game, maybe <laughs> I will forget about Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Mark, all the best. Yeah. Uh, that was absolutely first class. Um as I say, you know, it, I got great information that you're you're the man to talk to and you definitely didn't disappoint. Um so we'll get you on in, in next week then and, and we'll see how your predictions done and um for the upcoming games then. Come on, John, all right. Cheers, Mark. Thank you, bye. All right, bye bye.